0: podcast is powered by Thomson Reuters, the answer company. For more expert insight on making tax
1: digital, visit digital.com slash mtd.
0: Hello, and welcome to this Making Tax Digital podcast from your friends at Accounting Web. I'm Tom Herbert, editor of the site. Thank you for tuning in. The government has finally released draft regulations which provide the operational machinery of making tax digital for income tax and for VAT. While they have provided welcome detail for businesses and accountants left in legislation limbo by the events of the past few months, they've also raised plenty of questions as well. So joining the Accounting Web pod to discuss the regulations down a slightly crackly telephone line are Accounting Web's tax editor Rebecca Cave, and Mark Perdue, Product Manager Tax at Thomson Reuters. Let's get started.
2: So, Rebecca, can you give us some of the headlines around these new regulations?
3: Well, this isn't actually draft regulations. They've produced some draft regulations for the income tax Side of MTD, but for VAT, all we've got is the legislation overview. So we don't know exactly what the legislation is going to say, but we have what HMRC thinks it's going to say. And I think the key part of it is really what the software is going to have to do. The taxpayer is going to have to um, keep records in MTD functional compatible software. And that software is going to have five different functions. The first one is to keep the records in a digital form as required by the regulations. Secondly is to preserve those digital records for a period of up to six years. And then uh, to submit the VAT return. Fourthly, to provide HMRC with VAT data on a voluntary basis. Now, this is VAT data in addition to what is put on the VAT return, in addition to the nine boxes on the VAT return, supplementary data to allow HMRC to do investigations into the taxpayer. And finally, the software is going to have to receive information from HMRC via the API platform, In a similar fashion, I believe, as to payroll software does at the moment. So at the moment, HMRC sends employers messages to say, you haven't put in such and such a notice for your employee who is a student and needs to pay a student loan, for example. HMRC wants to send similar messages to uh, traders who are VAT registered. Now, at the moment, that's an awful lot to ask, I think, of uh, what is at the moment basically bookkeeping software I think the people who produce bookkeeping software are going to be looking at these requirements are going oh my lord that's a big shopping list.
2: Thanks for that, Rebecca. Uh, Mark did you have any thoughts around the regulations?
1: The VAT regulations that came out and as, as Rebecca says you know that the, the software element in particular is is interesting and there's a lot of requirements there for a software product to do, especially when you consider that today nearly 90% of transactions regarding VAT are actually typed in on the gateway rather than going in via third-party software. So there's obviously a big gap there in in in, in functionality of what's required. Um, when you look at the scope of what HMRC are looking for, you know, but by, by 2019. Um, but I've also been having a quick look at the income tax regulations that came out, and there's a couple of interesting things mentioned in there. Um, I know, for example, that our users and on Accounting Web. People have asked about digital records. What are they and how frequently do I have to keep them? Um, So digital records for income tax, at least, some way has has gone to be defined, which is the amount of the transaction, the date of the transaction, and the category of the transaction. But interestingly, when do I have to keep them? The The guidelines here specifically say that provided it's digital at the point you decide to send it to HMRC. So there's no stipulation, let's use that word, that digital records have to be maintained on a daily basis. So I'll be interested to see uh, how that pans out and what people's reactions to that are.
3: Thing with the VAT regulations for MTD, that it doesn't specify the time when the digital record has to be made, other than it has to be in a digital format at the time it needs to be submitted to HMRC. But as I said, with the VAT, we don't have the actual black and white letter of the draft law yet. So it may be that they'll write something in for that requirement. And of course, you know, they can change regulations at any time. If they feel as though they've written the regulations too loosely and it doesn't define the precise time when a digital record must be made, um, that can be altered. And because it's in regulations and not in primary legislation, those regulations can just go through Parliament without discussion, which is a bit concerning.
1: Yes, the vast majority of what's here is subject to regulations, etc. So it's open up to be amended at their whim,
2: basically. Yes. Our global editor, John Stockdike, was at the BASDA, the software trade body meeting, at which Lee Hawksworth, the chief digital information officer over HMRC, uh, told the body that part of a new approach was to openly recognise the role of the agent. Uh, their word, not mine, before people write in, um, play in this. Um, Rebecca, is this a welcome shift in emphasis?
3: Welcome shift in emphasis, if it was backed up by regulation and something in writing. It's all very well for Lee Horsworth to say this, you know, in what is a public forum, but it would be better if there was some actual document uh, produced by HMRC, which agents could go to, saying, well, this is your standard on how you're going to deal with us. Because at the moment, there is nothing on that. And there's certainly nothing in the draft regulations or in the overview of the regulations which sets out what the agent's role is going to be. And that concerns me.
2: I suppose part of this is around agent services. So what we're hearing in the legislative vacuum that's accompanied the past few months, HMRC has been making tangible process on gearing up agent services. Mark, is this what you've been hearing?
1: There's effectively a couple of pilots going on around and connected to agent services. One is around quarterly submissions for income tax. Um, So despite that being deferred till 2020 at the earliest, HMRC is still progressing with that pilot and have grand plans for expanding the scope of that pilot. Um, But secondly, is, is sort of another pilot around agents being able to access client data that HMRC have on their records. So this isn't pre-population of an SA return as such, but this is effectively the, the the early steps of accessing the digital tax account data. So, you know, P60 information, for example. So, yeah, there's a couple of pilots around agent services. Uh, I, I agree with what Rebecca says, you know, that the, the rules and guidance we've got here don't mention accountants at all, don't mention agents. It's all about the business owner, the entity. Um, but certainly day-to-day, my dealings with HMRC at a software level, they do appreciate how important the accountant is in the role because they need the software providers to be engaged with this and the vast majority of software providers engage with accountants. So the accountant needs to be part of this this process. And so HMRC do recognise the importance of accountants.
2: On that point, Mark, yourself and other read eyed accounting web readers will... Uh, take the mickey out of me for missing this, but in terms of the collaboration with software providers document, um, you were telling me before we started recording that this document is in the public domain. Um, what, um, What sorts of things does it include?
1: Um, so yeah, it's, it's a document that's on gov.uk called terms of collaboration between HM revenue and customs and software developers. So it's, it is a published version. Um, but equally, you know, it, it HMRC have made it, it made it plain. It is effectively a draft and will go through many versions as it progresses. It stipulates, um, what's expected from a software provider from a technical point of view. So, for example, if you host data, it must be hosted in the UK, can't be hosted overseas. Interestingly, it does say UK and not EU. Um, but then equally, there, there's there's lots of conditions they expect from software providers and the users of the software. There's a, there's a couple of bullet points in there that I've raised concerns about because they're a little bit open-ended from HMRC's ability to demand data from providers um but as i say it is a working document but um so yeah i'm sure over time it will it will become you know uh, a lot more useful
3: i'm interested i haven't read that document mark but um where does the responsibility lie if it's addressed in that document as to who is responsible for getting the tax computation correct
1: Yeah so I mean this is this is focused purely around the future and mtd so I know that HMRC they are in charge of the tax calculation for mtd now right. that does not mean that providers like Thomson Reuters certainly we will still be maintaining our own comp and we will still take hm revenue and customs to task when they make mistakes but so I think HMRC in their view are in charge of the tax calculation under mtd so no that's not from memory that's not specifically issued it all specifically mentioned it also covers for example things like the specification of what free software must be so there's it's a very large document um all around what providers need to do but equally what hmrc are going to do for software providers as well
3: of course for the mtd for vat there's certainly no question of free software being provided is there
1: correct no, I, I've I've asked that question to someone at HMRC and they have confirmed there are no plans to um make up some requirement for free software for VAT as far as they know.
3: So it it looks that we don't have much time, do we, before this VAT for M T D is gonna to have to be live. I mean it's for VAT return periods starting on or after the first of April twenty nineteen, twenty nineteen rather. Um so that's really not very long to get this huge change in bookkeeping software um, up to doing a, a VAT return. What do you think, Mark?
1: It... It isn't a long time. Um, you're quite right, and also when you consider that the HMRC want to start a pilot on this, so they, in theory, the the APIs, the full structure, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, everything will be in place by April 2018. That reduces it down even further to effectively, let's call it six months, um, to get in mm-hmm. place software that can tick those five bullet points that you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, a, and and start the mechanism working a good year before the mandatory date comes in.
3: That sounds like an impossible deadline to me.
1: It's certainly not going to be easy.
0: And that about wraps things up for now. Thank you to Rebecca and Mark for their time and expertise, and to Thomson Reuters for supporting this podcast. To take a look at the rest of our Making Tax digital coverage, or all the other news from the big wide world of accountancy, visit accountingweb.co.uk. Bye for now. This podcast is powered by Thomson Reuters, the
1: answer company. For more expert insight on making tax digital, visit digital.com mtd.